New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hi guys, this is Todd Briner, student and online pastor here at New Vision, and I'm excited that you're joining us for today's podcast. We're going to be checking out Exodus 28. 31 through 43, we're going to be looking at some of the high priest garments, some of the clothes, some of the things that he would wear, and how they are a picture of our true great high priest, Jesus. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today, and so you guys can follow along with me. It says, make the robe that is worn with the ephod from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's head. In the middle of it, reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and attach them to the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and pomegranates are to alternate all around the hem. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord, and the bells will tinkle as he goes in and out of the Lord's presence in the holy place. If he wears it, he will not die. Next, make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with these words, holy to the Lord. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his forehead so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. He must also wear it on his forehead so the Lord will accept the people. Weave Aaron's pattern tunic from fine linen cloth Fashion the turban from the linen as well. Also make a sash and decorate it with colorful embroidery. For Aaron's sons, make tunics, sashes, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priest. Also make linen undergarments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not occur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. So it's important to realize that all the things that the high priest would wear, all the things that the high priest would wear were really a picture of the great high priest to come, Jesus. It's pointing forward, or it's a shadow. It's something to point the way and, and kind of pave the way for the real, true high priest. And see, that's kind of what a picture does. When you see a picture, or you see a video on TV or the internet, it's nice, it's good, but it's nothing like experiencing that picture for yourself. It's nothing like seeing that video for yourself. For me, if you know me, or you've gotten to know me over these podcasts a little bit, you'll know this, that one of the things that I love is basketball. Basketball has been a sport that I've loved for much of my life. And, and probably the big reason I loved it is because of when I grew up. I grew up in the 1990s. And in the 1990s, there was one athlete 
that was really above all other athletes. He was probably the most recognizable person in the world. His name was Michael Jordan. I mean, as a little kid, I remember watching him at night on WGN and the NBA games. I remember in the morning watching him on Saturday morning cartoons, and it was just Michael Jordan everywhere. And as a kid, it was just in all of his great dunks, his clutch shots, his championship winning ways. And I remember this. I remember vividly being in my grandfather's basement when he won his third championship with the against the Phoenix Suns. And I thought, how can he ever be beat? And I longed for the day where I would one day be able to see Michael Jordan myself. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, so I thought my dad could take me to the Cleveland Cavaliers game, maybe take me all the way to Chicago to watch him, or the Indiana Pacers. And I just wanted to see him so bad. And I remember that summer, my dad surprised me with tickets to see Michael Jordan play in a preseason game in our hometown of Cincinnati. And me and my little brother were so excited. We couldn't wait to see Michael Jordan in person. We'd seen the pictures. We'd seen the videos, but in person. And then we heard that bad news. News for any young kid growing up is that Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete of our day, the greatest basketball player, was going to retire. And we were crushed. And I remember my brother and I, we went to the game, but we didn't get to see Jordan. A few months later, we find out Michael Jordan gave up basketball to play baseball. And he plays baseball for a couple years. And I remember I'm in middle school now and still following basketball, following it so great. But I hear there's rumors. You know, this is rumors. This is pre pre-social media, the internet wasn't a big thing back then, and you hear these rumors that Michael Jordan's going to come back, and the rumors start to get stronger, and finally there's a date for him to come back. It was going to be a Sunday. The season was almost over, but Michael Jordan was going to make his return to the Bulls, return to NBA basketball, and I remember it was going to be on a Sunday, and I was like thinking like, I'm going to go to church, and as soon as I get home from church, I'm going to sit down in my couch and all I'm going to do is be glued to the screen to watch Michael Jordan return. And I remember my alarm went off on Sunday and my mom got me up for church and I put my church clothes on and I was all ready to go and we, we drive to church. My church was about five minutes from my house. And as we drove to church, my parents didn't stop. We drove right on by. I remember thinking, that's weird. We drove right on by. And as I looked at the church, I saw hardly any cars, like no cars at all. I said, wow, that's weird. What happened? And as we keep driving, we get on the highway. And I start to get this idea after about 30 minutes on the highway. I said, what if, what if my parents are taking us to Indianapolis, Indiana, to Market Square Arena to watch the game where Michael Jordan comes back to play basketball? And at the time, I thought, nah. But after about another hour... In the distance, I could see these big buildings, and I realized we were going to Indianapolis, Indiana. And I was there to experience the return of Michael Jordan to the NBA. And I will tell you this. There's something so much different about when you actually see something versus when you just see a picture. And so as we look at this, realize these are just pictures. This is a way for us to see that each of these pieces of clothing is a way for us to point to and be a picture of the great high priest, Jesus. 
See, the book of Hebrews tells us 15 times that Jesus is the great high priest. And so the tabernacle, which was a tent, we've looked at it, and inside it was a magnificent and glorious thing. And the priestly garments, the priestly garments were made in such a way to look like the tabernacle did on the inside. It was a way to kind of show that this, the tabernacle is God's place for God's presence on earth, but the high priest is God's presence with the people. See, Aaron was meant to look, Aaron the high priest was meant to look glorious and beautiful, and he's to point to that ultimate glory of Jesus. The ultimate glory of Jesus. And so he had three three things. The first was the robe that he wore. The robe, and it had was made out of blue cloth. It had an opening for his head in the middle. And if you want to see these, just Google search these images, and you can just better picture what it's talking about. And so he wore this robe, and he wore this robe only when he ministered before God. This wasn't something he wore outside of the tabernacle. This wasn't something he wore just around the camp. He wore this in the presence of God. And he was able to go into the presence of God, into the holy place, and he would not die because he had this robe, this glorious robe. And another piece was basically a crown, or we would think of it as a tie-back headband that you may see someone wear when they're playing athletics, or, or we might call it a ninja headband. It says this, next make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with these words, holy to the Lord. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban where it must be remained. So it had a gold plate that would say holy to the Lord, and it had blue cord or blue cloth that was... Uh, attached to the gold plate and was tied back around, maybe like a ninja headband, like the karate kid or the ninja uh, turtles. And there would be the turban, a white, pure white turban um, on his head, and the headband would go around it, or like a, a crown would go around it. And it says Aaron must wear it on his forehead so he may take on himself any of the guilt of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. He must also wear it on his forehead so the Lord will accept his people. So Aaron was not the one bearing the guilt, but he wore the name of the Lord. Holy is the Lord. And by wearing that, holy to the Lord, the people were made acceptable before the Lord. That's why he had to have it written on there, because Aaron wasn't holy, but the word symbolized the holiness. And so he can be an imitation or a picture of the ultimate one to bear our guilt. The last thing we see is the undergarments. It says, also make linen undergarments for them. This is for all the priests to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. They will not incur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. This is to symbolize they were basically covered from white 
in white head to toe all the way down to their undergarments, basically like a pair of boxer shorts. And they covered their whole body to symbolize, to symbolize purity. The cleanliness is the idea that you had to be clean to be before the Lord. You had to be cleansed before the Lord. And these clothes, they represent sinlessness. They did not make them sinless. That's why they're a shadow or a picture of what Christ would do. These clothes are a picture of ultimately what Christ would accomplish, what Jesus accomplished on the cross. 1 John 1, 7 says this, But if we walk as in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. See, what the clothes represented, those white clothes represented the purity. They represented purity. The blood of Jesus truly purifies us from all sin. As we look at this picture of Jesus in the garments of the high priest, in the picture of the purity that they would have because of wearing these garments, I want us to think and thank Jesus for purifying us on the cross. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you that we have total purity, that we are seen as sinless through your death on the cross. God, I pray that we would not take that for granted. And I pray that as we look at all these complex things and all these Magnificent details in the book of Exodus. We would thank you, Lord Jesus, that now it's made simple through your death on the cross. That the access to you is freely given if we receive it through your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this. In your son's name, Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.